Hello everyone, thank you for listening to today's message. My name is Pastor Dwayne Life, lead pastor at the Life Point Community Church. What you're going to hear today is a message from one of our recent services. And we believe that by listening to today's message, you're going to be blessed and encouraged from the Word of God. You're going to be strengthened, and we believe that God's going to speak to you in a very fresh, new, and real way through today's message. So thanks again for listening. Be blessed and encouraged, and we love you. God bless. Good morning. morning. I'm so glad you're here. And in just a little while, you will be too. But you already are, aren't you? Okay, I almost got in trouble with my wife. We're in week two of a series we call Red Letters, and I'll explain what that's all about. But I I just need you to know that you did the right thing by crawling out of bed, even though it sounded so good, the rain on your roof, it sounded so good, and you thought, oh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, you know, just pull the covers over me, stay in my pajamas. Hey, Joy said she almost came to church in her pajamas, and we just, I'm, I, I'm just saying, um, you know, if that's how you got to come, then just get here. I'm glad you're here, and, and I want you to listen to me. Hey, I don't, I don't want to freak you out, but you're here on purpose. God's got a reason for you to be in this building this morning. And he's going to speak life into somebody today. I mean, I just believe that. I told them in, in, the, in the prayer room, I'm like, I, I, what I really want to do is to tell y'all just to sit down and let me preach. Because that's how bad I want to get up here. Um, here we go. John chapter 1, verse 1 through 5, and then verse 14. Red letters. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. I need you to pay attention to verse 4 this morning. In Him was what? In Him was... Oh, come on. In Him was... And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The Word, verse 14, became flesh... And made his dwelling among us. Please don't read past that. God made himself flesh and walked this earth. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only son who came from the father. Full of grace and truth. Father we love you. And over the next few moments. God I'm just anticipating. Seeing with my eyes what you've shown me already in my heart. I'm I'm anxiously anticipating you changing somebody's season this morning. God, that you want to speak life. You want to breathe life into somebody today. Maybe, Maybe there's somebody in this room and the enemy and life and circumstances has stolen their breath. But God, you're going to breathe life into somebody this morning. We anxiously anticipate it in Jesus' name. Everybody said, what's the most powerful words you've ever heard? Was it, when, was it when she said yes? I don't know. Was it, was it when she said, or he said, I do? Was it when the doctor said, it's a boy? Or it's a girl? Or heaven forbid, it's a boy and a girl? Was it, you got the job? What's the most powerful words? Somebody's spoken to you. See, I, I bet if you think long and hard enough, you can come up with some phrases, some words that important people in your life have spoken into your world. And, and you can think of, of, 
Maybe it was when your dad put his arm around you and said, I believe in you, I'm proud of you, son. Here's what I need you to understand is if, if our words as mortal, mere human beings carry that much weight and that much power and that much significance, how much more do the words of the word that became flesh and dwelt among us carry? See, his name is Jesus. And if you're holding an old school Bible, his words are in red. And see, the publisher did that to make sure it drew your attention to the words of Christ because his words are the most powerful words, the most influential words that have ever been spoken. Proverbs 18, 21 says, the tongue has the power of life and death. We're going to look at the words of Jesus. Last week, we looked at uh, a, a few words of Jesus. We looked at where he said, come, follow me. And I'll tell you where I got more feedback about last week than in any other thing that I said was when we read Mark chapter 6, verse 32, when Jesus said, come with me by yourself to a quiet place. Come with me by yourself to a quiet place. Can I just, just borrow a little bit from last week? Some of you may need to recapture that discipline of coming away with Jesus to a quiet place all by yourself. And can I promise you that the, the, the chaos of this world will take a back seat to that moment you have in fellowship with your Savior? A couple of you know what I'm talking about. I... I I want all of you to know what I'm talking about. Can I, a lot of the junk that you're walking through, can I tell you what its face would change if you'd learn to come away by yourself to a quiet place with Jesus? All right, that was last week. If you want to hear more, you're going to have to download it from the internet. This week, Jesus said these words. Oh, I'm not sure I can even say the phrase this morning. He said, I am the bread of life. Mm. John six thirty five. Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me. Man, I was listening to some moron on YouTube. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. It was a moronic thing that... And he was telling this, this street side that the only people that God was concerned about was his particular race and his particular slant and his particular tribe. And can I tell you that that's not what the Bible says. Jesus said, I'm the breath of life and whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. I looked up that word life in the dictionary and it really is depressing. Because here's what the dictionary tells you life is. That it's the condition that distinguishes animals and plants from inorganic matter. Doesn't it make you want to throw up? The capacity for growth. Functional activity. Basically, it's the state of not being dead. That's not the kind of life that Jesus was talking about. See, the Greek word there is, is a, a little three-letter word. It's Z-O-E, Zoe. We get our English name for little girls, Zoe, from this Greek word, Zoe, which means life. Now, let me tell you what, what the kind of life the New Testament is talking about. Life that's real and genuine. A life that's active and vigorous, devoted to God. A blessed life. In the portion, listen, even in this world of those who put their trust in Christ, the absolute fullness of life. Doesn't that sound a little bit more than just not dead? 
Hey, hey, can I tell you, Jesus came to do more than just not make you dead. Jesus came to give you life, Zoe life, full life. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. And I'm, I'm just going to tell you, um, today's not going to be real long, I, I, but I, I really b- believe that, that somebody's here that, that needs to grasp this. First, I'm going to tell you what kind of life he didn't come to bring you. He did not promise you an easy life. I don't care what your favorite television preacher said. He did not promise you an easy life. He did not promise you a life that was that where you'd never be sick and you'd never have financial issues and you'd never have relationship issues. He didn't promise you that kind of life. In fact, Jesus said in John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that you may have peace because in this world you will have trouble. Take heart, I've overcome the world. You will have trouble. Now, that doesn't, that doesn't feel cathedrals, but it, it, it's absolutely true. In fact, if I were to stand on this platform and look at you in the eye and say, if you'll follow Jesus, you'll never have another problem. You'll never have another financial difficulty. You'll never have another sickness. You'll never have to go to the doctor again. You'll always walk in perfect health, and you'll always live in perfect wealth. You would look at me and say, that man's a liar. I'm going to El Ranchero. Because it's not true and you know it. Jesus didn't come to give you an easy life. See, but we don't understand that in our culture. See, every other Christian culture across across the globe understands it. Because, you, you see, they're taking their life in their hands by having a service like we're having today. See, their life isn't easy. But it's Zoe. See, there, you've, you've watched on the news of Christian men and women who lost their life by a sword because they stood for Jesus. Now, you can take somebody's breath, but you can't take their Zoe. He never promised it was going to be easy. So when, when you hit that, that rocky place, when you hit that stumbling block, when you hit that, that sickness or you hit that difficulty in your marriage and your relationship with your children, when you hit that place, don't look at God and say, Where, I, I thought it was going to be different. Now, this is not what I signed up for because the truth of the matter is Jesus promised you there would be trouble in this world. But you could know life. He never promised you an easy life. And he never promised you A safe life. Matthew chapter 10 verse 22 says, You will be hated by everyone because of me. Man, that sounds like, (laughs) woohoo! Jesus said, You'll be hated by everyone because of me, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Can I tell you, I've seen it. I'm a a relatively young man. Somebody say, "Yes, yes, you are. That was pretty weak. But in my lifetime, I've seen a shift in our culture. We talked about this a few weeks ago. A few weeks ago, I've seen a shift in our culture when there was a time when being Christian, going to church, going to Sunday school, getting a Sunday school pen was the thing to do, was the right thing to do. Everybody in my school went to church or talked about going to church. Maybe they only went a few times a year, but, but it was the thing to do. Now, can I tell you, you speak the name of Jesus and you're a weirdo. You're, a, you're a, 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 an intolerant, judgmental, hater of all And I'm going to tell you, 
that there'll be a day, and I don't, I, I don't want to be a prophet of doom, but I'm just going to tell you what I believe. There'll be a day when proclaiming yourself to be a Christian won't be a safe thing to do. A few years ago, I took a group of teenagers and a handful of adults to, um, to New York City on a mission trip. And we were going to work at a church that was being birthed in an abandoned coffin factory. Now, that's kind of cool, isn't it? No kidding. That's cool, right? And we were going into one of the roughest parts of the South Bronx. And I had one of the little girl's mom come to me and said, I want her to go, but I just need you to promise me that she's going to be safe. I said, I can't. We're, you know, we're not going to Atlanta. We're not going to, you know, we're going to Hell's Kitchen. Literally, they call it Hell's Kitchen. Are you okay with that? Are you okay with your devotion to Christ costing you your popularity, your stature in the community? Are you okay with that? Are you okay with your devotion to Christ costing you friends? Are you okay with your devotion to Christ? I sound like I'm preaching to a youth group, but I'm not. Well, I am, but you know. Anybody like C.S. Lewis? I love C.S. Lewis. And his quite famous children's book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, became a movie a few years ago, Chronicles of Narnia. And these two beavers are trying to describe to these children what Aslan was like, king, the king lion who, is, who represents Jesus. And the little girl asked him, asked the beaver, there's talking beavers in this story, I, that's a little weird, I'm not going to lie, but he asked if they're safe, if, if Aslan is safe. And with a smile, the beaver says, safe, said Mr. Beaver. Don't you hear what Mrs. Beaver tells you? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. No, I'm not going to promise you safety if you follow Jesus. If you answer the call from last week to come follow Jesus, I can't promise you safety, but I can promise you Zoe. I can promise you life. I can't promise you that he's good. And he forever shall be good. So what kind of life did he promise? Glad you asked. He did promise an abundant life. Jesus said these words, the thief come, and I quote this passage of scripture all the time. I hope I don't quote it so much that it, it just bypasses you and you just let it fly in one ear and out the other. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And many of you have experienced that all too real. You understand that you have an enemy. And you understand that his desire is to kill you and to steal your joy and to rob you of God's plan and purpose for your life and to kill your marriage and to destroy your family. Yes, that's his job. But Jesus didn't leave you there. He said, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. What Jesus has promised you is an abundant 
full, rich life. And that has nothing to do with what you drive and where you live and what you wear. It has everything to do with the life of God being lived out in your, in your soul, in your heart. It's the zoe of God, the life of God. And can I tell you that if the enemy has come to steal it and kill it and destroy it this morning, you're in the right place because here's what the Spirit of God told me he wanted to do this morning was to breathe life into someone that the enemy had choked it out of. Abundant life. Oh, we've perverted that word. It's not, has nothing to do with what we own. It has everything to do with who owns us. The abundant life of God, the Zoe of God. Oh, can I just tell you? If you're here this morning and, and it's, you're, you're wanting to find the church life, the religious life. It's never done anything for anybody. But the Zoe life of God, oh, can I tell you, it makes the dead breathe again. He's promised you an abundant life. Listen, he's promised you a significant life. One of the most strange passages in all, the whole New Testament to me, I'm going to read to you. Because it blows me away. Even though I feel like I understand what he was saying, it still boggles my mind. When Jesus said these words, John 14, 12. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've, done, I've been doing. Listen. And they will do even greater things than these. Because I'm going to the Father. Are you serious? Okay, so Jesus, you're telling us that we'll do greater things than you've done on this planet? I want you to stop and think about the things that have been done on this planet in his name. Now, you can point to a lot of stupidity that people have done in the name of Jesus. Uh, We're not going to go there. Anybody can, Jesus said, not everybody that calls, says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Not everybody that calls him Lord is, just because they do it in the name of Jesus doesn't mean that Jesus is smiling on it. All right. Look at the hospitals all across this world that were planted and birthed in the name of Christ. I go to one about once a month in Atlanta, St. Joseph Hospital. You can't go anywhere on that floor that you don't see something about Jesus. And I guess if you don't like it, they'll let you go die somewhere else. (laughs) The orphanages that have been planted in the name of Jesus. the, the, The charities that take water to places where there is no water. And I'm just going to stop right here and get really just stinking politically incorrect. When's the last time you passed a Muslim hospital? I looked on the internet. Doesn't exist. Not one. When's the last time you passed a Buddhist charity feeding the poor? Not there. 
But can I tell you, all across this globe today, people are being reached out to and people are being fed and clothed, not in Dwayne's name, not in Allah's name, not in Buddha's name, but in the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. Don't tell me. Somebody said, how do you know he's real? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. How do you know he's real? How do you know he's real? I talked to him just a few minutes ago. I was begging God to, to, to help me talk to you this morning. And, and they were singing. And I'm on, I couldn't even stand because the presence of the Lord was so real and so powerful. I had to get on my knees. Tell me. It's the stupidest thing I've ever... How do you know he's real? How do you know that the air is real? How do you know the earth beneath my feet is real? See, that's a smarter question than how do you know Jesus is real? I've talked to him. He talks to me. That's, well, Dwayne, you shouldn't say that. That's stupid. Well, guess what? I'm just quoting the Bible. The Bible says the fool has said in his heart there is no God. How do you know he's real? Maybe it looks like this. What, what if he's not real, Dwayne? What, what's what, what's going to be at the end of your life if he's not real? Well, well, let's see. Through his church, some of the dearest friends I have come into my life. Through his church. Through his church, I met the most beautiful adoring woman on the planet through his church. And she and I have raised two children in his church together, and we love each other. He gave me a chance to pastor this church. So if he's not real, no, 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 just listen. He's so real that even if he weren't real, he did more than any other God could do. Did you get that? He's so real that even if he weren't, he's more powerful than any other God on the planet. Did that make sense? You're nodding, but I'm not sure you really believe me. He's so real. More real than the breath I breathe. He is the bread of life. You know, it's funny. That that passage that I read you, where Jesus said He was the bread of life, um, it was it was very real to those that He was speaking that to, because it was just literally two paragraphs down from Him breaking a little boy's lunch into pieces and feeding their physical bodies with one little boy's lunch. Five thousand people. The Bible says five thousand men plus women and children. So no telling. And so just a, just a few moments later, he says, after, after feeding their physical bodies, he says, I am the bread of life. And what he was telling that crowd there that day, what he was telling his disciples specifically, is that if you're going to survive in this world, you're going to have to eat of the bread that I'm going to give you. And what I'm going to tell you this morning, is that if you're searching for significance in this world, 
you won't find it in any other place but the bread of life. He did promise an abundant life. He did promise a significant life. And he did promise an eternal life. See, just a little bit later in that passage... How many of you know, and you've seen it, that sometimes when, when, when things get hot and things get heavy, people leave. And, and this happened to Jesus. The Bible says that many went away because they didn't like his teaching. Many went away. And, and, and in this passage, we get a beautiful picture of the humanity of Christ. Because we believe that he was 100% God and 100% man. And we get a beautiful picture of the humanity of Christ because he looks at his disciples after all of these have gone away. And he looks at the disciples and he says, I guess you're going away as well. And Peter answered with these words. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. King James reads it like this. For we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. And you have the words of eternal life. We've been talking on Wednesday night about the end of the world. We, we actually finished it this past Wednesday night. So that was the end of the end series. So we've been talking about heaven. We've been talking about eternal life. Eternal zoe is the same word. And here's what I want you to hear from Dwayne this morning. Anybody looking forward to going to heaven? Oh, yeah, me too. Me too. You know, there are those moments when I'm like, it'd be okay if it just happened right now. Most days I'm like, I want to go, I just don't want to go today. But here's what, here's what Jesus offers us. Here's what the bread of life offers us. The bread of Zoe offers us. When I knelt at an altar, it was really beside my bed at 14, I don't even remember how old I was, 14 about. And I said yes to Jesus. My eternal Zoe began right then. You don't have to wait to heaven. You don't have to wait for heaven. That this life that Jesus offers you is available now. And here's what's happened. We've just resigned ourselves that life is going to be bad until we get to heaven. Life is going to be hard until we get to heaven. And I'm going to tell you that I've, I've been in hospital rooms with cancer patients dying. And they had the zoe of God in their life. I've talked to prisoners locked away with the Zoe of God in their life. See, this kind of life is something that your circumstances cannot steal from you. 
I told you about Watchman Nee a few weeks ago. I, I read his writings where he had the zoe of God, that kind of life, when he's up to his waist in a cesspool because of his stand for Christ. See, your circumstances do not define the kind of life that Christ is offering you. Now, let me tell you what, what I believe God wants to do. Daniel, I'm going to throw you a curveball. That song, uh, How Can It Be? I want you to throw that back up on the screen. They love it when I do this. Just, just kind of just go through the words. I, I was watching this. Now, I want you to think. Now, we, we'd love to say... When those words popped across the screen that we've never felt that way. I'm guilty. Ashamed of what I've done. Mm. But look. These hands are dirty. I can't lift them up to the Holy One. Go ahead. (laughs) The Bible says you have an advocate with the Father. His name is Jesus, and he pleads your case now. You write my wrongs. Jesus said, if any, or the New Testament says, if any man's in Christ, all things are made new. He takes what's wrong. What's really wrong is our standing with God, and he makes it new. He makes it right. Go ahead. Maybe you're not here and you don't understand. Maybe you don't understand what it's like to, for Jesus to take something that has you bound. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a fear. Maybe it's resentment for something that happened to you that you have no idea, you had no control over. For him to take those chains and break them. In fact, that's why he came. Jesus quoted Isaiah and said, I've come to free the prisoners, to set at liberty those held captive." You gave your life. Give me mine. He gave his life to give you your zoe. And here's what's happened. Our world, our circumstances, has taken that breath and squeezed it out of you. See, you, maybe there was a time when you could come to church and you could lift your voice. And now, it's all you can do to get in the door. Maybe there was a time when you were actively pursuing the zoe of God, the life of God. And now you're just trying to figure out a way to get up every morning. I'm not beating you up. I'm telling you that, that God's called you here to this place because he wants to breathe life into you. The bread of life wants to give you the breath of life. Acts 17 says, The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. Aren't you glad that he's not confined to this building? He's not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, listen, 
He himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. If you need it, you're going to find it in him. If you need it, you're going to find it in the zoe of God, the life of God. And what I believe he wants to do is to breathe it into your life this morning. Donna's going to come and play. I want you to bow your heads. I'm really not in the mood this morning to play a bunch of games. But I know you're here. And I know that God wants to do something special in your life. I want you to bow your heads. Nobody looking around. I know you're going to anyway because everybody does. But don't this morning. Hey, if you're here and I just describe your, your, your today that the enemy life circumstances has squeezed the breath out of your body out of your spirit out of your soul I just need you to raise your hand Amen. Here's what I believe is going to happen. I believe if you'll let him, the Spirit of God, the giver of life and breath, will breathe life into you this morning. Here's how I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you right where you're at. Because here's what I believe. With every fiber of my being, there's a few of you raised your hands. And obviously these altars are open and, and you can pray in these altars as much as you want. And I'm not saying I'm not telling you not to. But there's some of you here. And you feel that way. You feel like the breath is, is gone. And you don't, you don't have the, the voice of worship that, that you used to have. And you don't have the voice of praise that you used to have. I'm, I'm going to pray God gives it back to you right where you sit. Donna's going to lead us in this chorus. I love that line. You gave your life to give me mine. <laughs> I want you to just worship the Lord while Donna sings. You plead my cause. You right my wrongs. You break my chains. You overcome. You gave your life to give me mine. You
Won't you stand across this building this morning? Hey, if you just want to experience the Zoe life of God, I want you to stretch your hands toward heaven. Father, in Jesus' name, breathe on us the breath of God, the life of God. Father, we declare with our voice that we need you as we've never needed you before. So we want to live your kind of life. Bread of life, we want to feed on you. Breath of life, we want to breathe you. Spirit of the living God, fill us with your power. Fill us with your love. Fill us with your breath. Those that walked in the building, breathless. God, breathe on them. The Zoe life of God. God, those that walked in and circumstances and life and issues and addiction has stolen their breath. God, today you're breathing the breath of God into them. The life of God. And we receive it in Jesus' name. We receive it in Jesus' name. God, we want to live the Zoe life. The God kind of life. Thank you that you gave your life to give us ours. And you declare us free. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, sing. We, we just want some more, Donna. Sing that for you us. You plead my cause. Yes, God. You right my wrongs. You break my chains. You overcome. You gave your life. To give me mine, you say that I am free. You plead my cause, you right my wrongs, you break my chains, you overcome, you gave your life to give me mine. You say that I am free. How can it be? Yeah. How can it be? When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray, listen, this is somebody needs to receive this this morning. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have, listen, the power to understand, as all God's people should, (laughs) how wide and how long And how high and how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it's too great to understand fully. Then you'll you'll be made complete with the fullness of life. And power that comes from God. Now all glory to God. Who is able through His mighty power at work within us. To accomplish infinitely more than we might even ask or imagine. Glory to Him in the church And in Christ Jesus, through all generations, forever and forever, amen. And somebody ought to erupt with praise for Jesus and the Zoe kind of life.
Amen. Thank you, Lord. God, as we leave this place, I pray for these precious people. God, that you teach us all how to live the kind of life that you've called us to live. That the bread of life would be forever in our mouth. That the breath of life would be forever in our lungs. So God, as we leave this place, bless every family. Cause us to walk in the newness of life. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great, great, great afternoon.